Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- Out of The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Myth number three. Vaccines cause autism. Now, this vaccine isn't approved for children under 16, but it may be in the near future. So I want to be clear here. There has never, ever been any connection between vaccines and the development of autism. I know this idea has been circulating in the media for some time, but there are people who believe crazy things. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. And before we begin, I have to take a moment to tell you that last week we issued a correction due to our oversight on a few players we initially accidentally omitted from the prestigious Million Instagram Follower Club. Well, this week we have to apologize again to everyone listening and to the members of the Million Club because we accidentally omitted another player, Raven Nicole Gates, who made her first appearance and had her first orgasm with the help of Nick Vial in season 21 of The Bachelor, currently has 1.1 million followers. There are more players in the Million Club than we can apparently keep track of, but we will continue to do our best now that we have handled that bit of business. I'm sure you've noticed Pace Case is not here with me today. Pace Case is off in the world handling more gore business because as we expand, there is continually more stuff to do and it's getting to the point where we can't handle it and do this podcast simultaneously at all times. So Pace Case is out doing what she needs to do and in her stead, we have an esteemed guest host for this Friday edition of This Week in Bachelor Nation. Jess Ambrose from Chatty Broads is here with me. Thank you so much, Jess. Oh, thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I'm honored to be sitting in for Pace Case. I'm trying to channel her right now. So I've never I've never felt sexier or more intellectual. <laughs> I wish I could take this energy and go to a bar. Unfortunately, I'm not Tyler Cameron, so that's not going to be happening. But, It'll be happening you know, soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. We feel very hopeful. But Jess is going to... Help us here at Game of Roses dig through all of the segments that you know are coming up on our Friday show. We are going to have State of the World. We're going to have Bachelor Nation News. We're going to do our Parasocial Play of the Week. And, of course, there's going to be Screams from the Pit and all this season. Those are sponsored by Relationship Hero. If you're having trouble with any kind of relationship, whether you've been dating for a month, whether you've been in a relationship for 10 years, whether you're not in a relationship but you want to be in one, you can go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R right now and get $50 off your first session with one of their certified relationship coaches. That's relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. So, Jess, are you ready to dig into this? Are you ready to start this like we always do? I am ready. I have already so many thoughts. I'm wondering if Relationship Hero can help a marriage that's deteriorating because The Bachelor has completely taken over my brain. <laughs> um, and now I feel like I can only truly have a lovemaking session if my partner is willing to play Del Moss and I'm willing to play Claire Crawley because that is the only true love that exists. <laughs> so <laughs> send help. Holy shit. We're getting right into some stuff. All right. Send help. <laughs> well, you should hit them up. Hit up Relationship Hero. See what they can do for you. I will be doing that. I will be doing that. <laughs> Maybe that's an enhancement. I mean, sometimes, you know, let you, we got to mix it up. A, or uh, just create a new space. New space for new relationships. <laughs> A.K.A. 
bachelor role play. <laughs> Speaking of new relationships, we are going to begin this Friday episode with Game of Roses. State of the world. Now, usually on State of the World, we talk about something that's happening politically, socially, out in the world, and then we bring it back to how it relates to Bachelor Nation. But today, Pace Case is not here, and there is a subject that both Jess and I are extremely interested in that Pace Case, let's just say, is not as interested in. So we're going to indulge today, and we're going to talk about aliens. Aliens. Is there really any other news besides okay, aliens? Okay, this is exactly what I'm saying. I don't understand it. <laughs> How can we not talk about it every damn day? I can't agree with you more. It feels so good to have someone who can talk to me about this. <laughs> I tell you to fly free, King. You say what you need to say about aliens. Get it off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. 2020. A crazy year for sure. So much has happened in it. We've got the pandemic. We've got the election. We've got the Black Lives Matter rallies. We've got all kinds of things. We've got our first fucking Black Bachelor being cast. Crazy stuff happening in the world of Bachelor outside in the real world. For me, the craziest was that we had three Pentagon admissions that UFOs are real, that we've been studying them for the past 75 years and lying to the American public about it. Photos and videos have come out that are leaked by the fucking Pentagon and the U.S. Navy. These are not some fly-by-night weird conspiracy theorists. These are the largest pillars of the United States governmental structure saying UFOs exist. And here they are. Here's pictures. Admissions. Admissions from the Department of Defense. And I wonder why. Interesting timing, government. You're going to, oh, you've known this for quite some time. These videos are years old, and now you're going to admit this? While in the chaos of 2020, you know that it's going to go, you know, just under under a rug very quietly and quickly? Hmm. I think they're preparing no. us for something coming that... I do believe yes. that they think there will be mass hysteria if the if there's just like here's a picture of a fucking alien shaking hands with the president. We can't handle that. For sure. I'm not sure that that <laughs> has happened either. By the way, I'm not I'm not saying that I go that far into it, but I read the New York Times and what's in it. I do believe to be true. I at least believe to be vetted information. Yes. I would agree. And I definitely think that 2020 is a little bit of a precursor of hysteria. And this might be a nice way for them to uh, know that they can bring in alien news maybe in 2021, 2022. And we're used to shock at this point because you might scoff at me saying that the uh, full admission of aliens will come in 2021. But also remember 2019, there's no way we thought 2020 would ever happen. Please. Completely agree. I think in the next two or three years, we're going to see a fucking video of an alien walking around in some government yep. facility. I think it's that close to happening. I just can't imagine why all of this information would have come out at the pace that it did, especially this year. Mm -hmm. Also, how could I forget this? Trump got the Space Force approved. And this wasn't a Trump thing. A lot of people think Trump mm -mm. crazy Space Force. Ha 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 ha. The Space Force was approved budgetarily to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars by both Republicans and Democratic senators one month after they all got briefed by the heads of the Navy, the Pentagon, et cetera, et cetera, specifically on UFOs. This was a dual party agreement. This was not just a rambling of 45. 
in the middle of the night yelling to Melania. This was an aggressive. This wasn't a Trump fever dream that became reality. I know it is. It's insane to me that no one else seems to care about this. Or I guess the um, the idea that if you talk about UFOs, you're an insane person. The indoctrination of that kind of gaslighting has been so deep in our American culture, literally since the 40s, or I guess since the 50s, when that started to become the, the governmental party line. But at this point, I just don't get like seeing videos of them, having United States military officials say like, yeah, UFOs are real. Fucking Harry Reid, ex-US senator, said that he personally funded UFO research outside Las Vegas and there are UFOs in warehouses there. That he has seen. That's in the New York fucking Times. <laughs> how, how is this not the only thing we're talking about? I also don't understand. And one week ago, we now have the former uh, Israeli space security chief. Okay? This is not some random man. This is a space security chief saying that extraterrestrials exist and that Trump knows about it. And that there's a galactic federation. And they've asked not they've asked Trump and the U.S. of A. There's a treaty that we're not going to talk about it yet because of the hysteria, but that there is conversation going on between the U.S. government and extraterrestrials. I read that, too. And I was like, this is where I get crazy or where I feel crazy, I should say. Yes. I see yes. the videos in The New York Times and I know The New York Times is reporting it and all of that. I'm like, OK, I have to accept this is true. If I'm not accepting that as true, then I have to discount everything written in the New York Times, which I won't do. Or any mainstream media, whatever. It wasn't just the New York Times, CNN, everyone reported this. This thing, though, the Israeli head of the, the space chief of the Israeli whatever Air Force, no mainstream media is actually picking that up. It became a story that he said it, but no one is able to vet the information. That said, like you're saying, This is basically like the head of fucking NASA or the head of the Air Force saying this. Yes. And and Israel has one of the biggest defense departments as well. This is a not, again, a a small, a, a small country that doesn't have a large force behind them. So their space security chief, that's a huge position. And also, while we have like NBC, CNN reporting just that he said it, They also aren't denying it. They're talking about people coming out saying that they're not going to speak about it at this time or there are certain things that they're not going to get into, but they're not saying this is absolutely false. They're just kind of casually brushing it under the rug. I have to imagine, just in a kind of logical understanding of what aliens might be, once any species of animals evolves to a point of being aware of itself, of having a a kind of conscious mind on any planet. Some of the first things that start to happen is you question, what the fuck is all of this? What's existence? Why am I here? All of these kind of like base questions that we might have, these philosophical inquiries into existence. If you can find another species somewhere in the galaxy, in the universe, that is also able to ask this question, even if they're not as technologically advanced as you, you have breached this kind of common threshold of understanding of consciousness and awareness. And I think you would be very interested in them. If we found, for example, let's say we had deep space travel capabilities and we found some species on another planet that 
didn't quite have what we have. They weren't to the car yet, let's say, but they were riding around right. on animals and hunting and, you know, gathering into societies and they had language and they could ask these questions. We'd be very interested in them, I believe. And so there's always this argument that's like, well, we're like ants to the aliens and they don't care about us. I'm like, I don't think that's true at all. No, I, I'm not afraid of the aliens. I would like to get on the aliens' good side. I'm not sure how I would do that personally. <laughs> well, The Bachelor. They like The Bachelor. Of Well, of course. Can you imagine them watching that? If we want to tie this into The Bachelor, every television show, song, everything that we make that is broadcast through some kind of wave, like TV waves, for example, or radio waves, that shit goes into space. These aliens have been watching The Bachelor since 2002. They've been watching PP's TikToks this entire time. That's why they reached out. They're concerned. Can you imagine? They land right in front of the fucking White House. The hatch opens and out walks PP. And they're just like, we're like, what the fuck? And he's doing a TikTok dance. And they're like, isn't this what you want us to look like? We look at your. They're all TikToking. They're all doing PP's ridiculous TikToks. Oh my God. Oh, no, 100% aliens contacted this planet when through the waves they saw Colton Underwood's season and they said, ah, it's one of us. And so they found the camaraderie. (laughs) They came to rescue him. He's escaped. He doesn't know it though, right? He had to get his brain wiped, men in black style. He's still a little unaware, but it's fine. It'll be figured out eventually. But I, I feel... I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I definitely tend to be one who believes that this is a simulation and that I would imagine that perhaps uh, the aliens are obviously, if they're reaching out and coming to us, they are more technologically advanced. So they are watching the planet Earth like we watch The Bachelor. Well, I mean, you want to get into simulation theory, this is a whole other can of worms, oh. but... Yeah, logically speaking, it's like 99.9 infinity percent likely that we're a simulation. Yes. Just on the, again, on a logical kind of structural scale, we are on the precipice of being able to create simulations of our own planet and the universe that are as intricate and detailed as the actual one that we're looking at. And if we're on the cusp of being able to do that, it's highly likely that we're already a simulation either created by some advanced society or created by a simulation that gains the power to create simulations just like we're about to do nested into an infinite loop of simulations that no one cares about or is looking at etc etc and what if the aliens reaching out to us were the ones who created the earth simulation and are now testing what it would be like if we if they mix the two together unite the simulations (laughs) (laughs) that's your 2021 catchphrase unite the simulations <laughs> I I would be happy to unite the simulations. I don't really care if we're living in a simulation or not. Me either. The bottom line is it's like I, we're still constrained by whatever the parameters are by which the simulation or real world or whatever is governed. The only time I get a little worried about being in a simulation is sometimes when I am changing in my bedroom naked and I think about, are people watching this on a giant screen somewhere? <laughs> Without consent? That feels wrong. That's the only time that I worry about the simulation. Other than that, I don't mind. 
Yeah, I I never mind it. I have never thought about it though when I'm disrobing. Yeah, I will well, probably do that. Sorry later. about Thank that. Thank you for ruining my day. No worries. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's Game of Roses State of the World for this week. We covered aliens, we covered simulations, and again, how it all relates to The Bachelor is if there are aliens, they're watching The Bachelor. Mm. They have to be. Of course. They're huge Chris Harrison fans. DLH, please. First contact. DLH is 100% a reptilian, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think anyone's arguing with you. (laughs) Not even him. (laughs) Not even him. And now we're going to move on to the next segment of our Friday show. This Week in Games. As you know, all this season, we're charting the ratings of the show and the Instagram gains of all the players for this season. So we're just going to jump in. There were two episodes this week airing on Monday and Tuesday. Monday's episode, which was a weird mix of kind of a fourth of an actual episode plus the shittiest Mentel all in history with no audience. It was not live. This episode produced the worst numbers of any this season with a 1.0 in the target demo and 4 million total viewers. And then Tuesday's episode, The Hometowns Without Hometowns, did a little better with a 1.1 and 4.4 million viewers. Although these were the worst ratings the show had the entire season, they still won their time slots, which I could not believe. Wow. I know. What a massive, massive show this is. Even that horrific mental all. I think... As just generally, network TV ratings are swirling the fucking drain. I think network live television, or I think network television of any kind, really, will probably go the way of the dodo in the next 10 years, other than live sports. I think Bachelor's going to have to go to a streaming service. Mm, You don't think that the only thing that might be airing over and over and over again are different seasons of The Bachelor happening? There could be a Bachelor channel. ABC just becomes The Bachelor Network. I could see that. I don't see why not. I think it's a good idea. That's what you do with your day anyways, right? You just have them on loop? <laughs> yep, ABC. My phone is ready to ring. <laughs> and now let's dig into the IG gains. As with every season, the longer a player progresses in the game, the bigger their numbers get. And this week was no exception. We saw some impressive movement from our top players as they headed into the playoffs. Mm. The first bachelorette to wear the the season 16 crown, Claire Crawley, is holding steady at the 1 million follower mark. And the second bachelorette of the season, Tasha Adams, added an impressive 100,000 followers this week, bringing her up to 1.3 million total. She continues to break records. And with the finale next week, who knows how high she can get that number? Wow, 1.3. What do you think she'll end up at? I think she'll settle about 1.5. Okay. That's my guess. I don't think she's going to crack 2 million, but I don't know. There's a piece of me that's also like now in this modern era, we're seeing all the leads hit 2 million. Very true. PP doesn't have 2 million anymore, but he did. Oh. Colton. <laughs> Hannah. PP's doing what he's doing. He really is cornering the cringe market, but I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see where she winds up. I do think it'll be around 1.5. I mean, I would. I one point five feels right, unless of course there is a ring at the end that is continued to be on her finger. And I think that if she is engaged and is currently engaged, if she becomes engaged and then is currently engaged right now, I would imagine that that number then in the next next two months would potentially hit like one point seven. If they're 
posting content together, like a Claire Dale situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I also feel bad for Tasha because she was cheated out of a full run. The way they're just shitting out two episodes a week in the final two weeks, this should have been a month of her to have uh, Instagram growth. Absolutely. And of all weeks, you know, we're, we're talking, there are going to be two episodes the week of the Christmas holiday. And obviously with the state of the world as it's in, um, people are home a lot, but that's still, it's still the holidays. And I, and I would imagine that the ratings are going to be lower than most finales because people will just watch it at a later time. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. But then starting January 4th, it seems like we're going to be back in the normal cycle of things. Bachelor in January, Bachelorette again in March, April, and then Paradise that summer. Okay, so you think we're going to, there will be another Bachelorette season right after The Bachelor? We won't have some weird, okay. Because that paradise is going to be mental. I agree. What, four, five seasons worth of people? You've got PP's season. Every player on PP's season. You've got Listen to Your Heart. Don't forget about that. No, and you know they're going to bring Rudy on for Ed, but of course... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And then you've got this season of Bachelorette. Then you've got Matt James' this season of Bachelor. Then you've got whoever the next Bachelorette is. It's too much for my brain to process. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be incredible. That's going to be cream of the crop. They better... We need to have some sort of adjustment where they have... Uh, what show am I thinking where there are two like houses and then they unite them together like a Love Island situation where they need to have two places in Mexico, two paradises currently happening, half and half, and then halfway through the season, they merge the remainder of the people together and it's love chaos. That's a fucking genius idea. Oh my God, that is good. I need a battle. Warfare. I don't think the producers are capable of doing that, but that idea is fucking fantastic. Jesus Christ. I just don't understand how we would, because there are so many key players that need to be on Paradise, that how do they include, and we haven't even seen Matt's season in the future Bachelorette season. I know. It needs to be We don't even know who the future Bachelorette is. It's going to be somebody off Matt James' season, probably. Probably. I can only imagine, unless they try to bring back Hannah Brown. I can see them doing some weird thing with Tyler Cameron and Hannah Brown, where he's the next Bachelor after Matt James. She's the next Bachelorette. I don't know. Those two people are such fixtures in the Bachelor world at this point, especially because of their Instagrams. I would imagine Tyler Cameron's going to have a run for his money, though, if Ben, because he will be on Bachelor in Paradise, I think Ben has quite the run for the crown right now. Oh, I do, too. I think what he's doing, and I'll just say, this is my prediction, I think he's going to be back next week. I think he's going to come back to crash the show to say, I love you. He's playing everything very well. And he's setting up this idea of a broken man that can only be healed through this process. Yes. And the ultimate version of this process is being the lead, being the bachelor, having the opportunity to really find the one person who's going to bring you out of your shell or whatever, heal your emotional wounds. I think he's setting himself up perfectly. The only problem, again, is we have a full other season of Bachelorette to go through. There's going to be a whole other 30 whatever guys <laughs> that could knock him out of the water. You may forget about Ben by then. That's true. Oh. You're going to forget about Ben in, what is it? It's January 4th, so we have three weeks from now, 
you're going to be seeing limo exits for Matt James's season. Oh my God. Whatever happened this entire season of Bachelor, it's going to be erased from your mind. Poor Ben. He's been working so hard. <laughs> yes, he has. Speaking of poor Ben, as you might have guessed, all four top players saw big gains this week, but there were a few surprises too. Even though Ben Smith's on-field play wasn't good enough to get him into the second round of playoffs, it did manage to land him the biggest gain this week. Holding back his tears garnered him a staggering 84,000 new Instagram followers, opening up the door to the 300K club. He now sits at 310K total, second only to Dale Moss from this season, who himself saw a smaller gain of 2K this week, putting him at 747,000. Second place gains this week went to Brendan... Mores, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's just Brendan to me. Brendan, with a little help from his niece, who made an appearance in his hometown date, Brendan added 42,000 to his already impressive number, putting him right at the threshold of 200,000 as he sits comfortably at 199,000. Shit, I actually have new data on that. He did break 200k. Oh. Sorry, sometimes these scripts get written and then I recheck them like, fuck, he he actually added 48K uh, total up to the point of this recording and he now has 205,000. He's broken through. Mm. God bless, Brendan. Zach Clark comes in third this week for his outstanding chemistry game during his hometown. Clark saw impressive gains of 31K new followers, bringing him up to a total of 83.2K. And I still maintain we have not seen the full parasocial power of Zach Clark just yet. He is showing us signs of things to come, which we'll be discussing in the parasocial play of the week. But this is just the beginning for a player I believe will become a parasocial juggernaut in the very near future. Agreed and agreed. Fourth place this week was a tight race, but young Noah Herb managed to edge out Ivan Hall. Noah brought in 27,000 this week for his sippy cup performance at the men tell all bringing him closer to the 100,000 club as he now sits at 93,400 and the other member of the top four Ivan Hall was right behind him with 23k bringing him to a total of 87.4k total for what in my opinion was the best of the familial meetings his brother Gabriel giving both Tasha and him, a double glow again and again. Even getting to see someone like that on The Bachelor, presented in a way that was loving, presented mm-hmm. in a way that was a part of this family. I was really astounded by a lot of the stuff that the show did around Ivan, around the different conversations they had about Black Lives Matter, about even the experience of being black in America, that they allowed Ivan and Tasha to have that conversation, that they have his brother here, although it was a little weird that I guess they just kept him in a closet the entire day. <laughs> Poor Gabriel, and it's so hot outside. <laughs> yeah, I found that a little weird, the surprise of the brother, but overall, Ivan... I really thought had the best hometown in terms of the family portion Mm, of it. Absolutely the most powerful. I think one of the most powerful hometown dates we've ever seen, even though this was such a unique experience. And in general, I did not enjoy watching the hometowns nearly as much when they are not in their hometown, rather a cardboard setup of New York City. But Ivan, regardless, was one of my favorite hometown dates we've ever seen. Absolutely. I agree. I just have never, ever seen... Someone who has been in prison being presented that way. He was human. He was a member of the family. He was an important member of the family. Ivan is breaking down, crying. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was 
incredible to see what the producers would even allow. And all I'm thinking when I'm watching this is just like, what the fuck is like white middle America doing when they're watching this? What is their reaction? And I'm hoping it's having some effect that's like pulling them out of it a little bit. Yes. Seeing that this guy's a fucking human being and that this is a real family who loves each other. And having Tasha's approval of the brother, I think, was extremely important uh, to that end as well. Absolutely. And I think obviously, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the producers had any other option but to make it look that way because Ivan so clearly was so vocal about how much he admired and respected his brother, how much he loved his brother. His Ivan's family gave nothing but love and admiration for the brother. So even if producers would have worked their hardest, maybe the only thing that they could have get is or gotten out of Tasha perhaps is that she was nervous to meet the family. But Ivan and his family were so vocal the entire time about their deep love and admiration for the brother that I think even if the producers tried to work hard to make it seem ominous, they just wouldn't have been able to. I think they could have just decided not to have him on the show. That's very true. That's very true. That would have been an easy decision. Sorry, we can only get two people per person, COVID rules, blah, blah, blah. I know Dark Lord Harrison literally just fucking (laughs) drove cross country, literally to Ivan's hometown, by the way. TCU's in Dallas. Like he went to fucking Ivan's hometown. Do you think that Chris brought Gabriel back? Yeah. They drove together. <laughs> yes. DLH is just driving in his very expensive Range Rover, just like, so, Gabriel, um, what's that uh what's that tattoo mean? <laughs> and Gabriel's just glowing him the whole time. You're really glowing, Chris Harrison. Gabriel You're really glowing. Gabriel is just saying all the poetic words to Chris Harrison. I mean, the man had Gabriel had a way with words, and I wish we would have seen him longer. I would have loved to have a longer arc with Gabriel on the episode, truly. I'm ready for that entire family to have their own show. I will watch it. Well, he is he's my my dream and desire for Bachelor. So I'm very, very much hoping I'm hoping that the next Bachelor is not Tyler Cameron, that it is not Ben. I am hoping for Ivan. We need more Ivan. We need more Ivan's family. Totally agree. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Also this week, Riley, Bennett, and Blake all saw gains in the 10 to 20K range. And AJ Yalawan makes news this week, who we've been tracking all season. He has stopped his losses and turned it to a net positive of seven new followers. Now, we don't want to take credit for those seven new followers, AJ. But if we did have anything to do with it, we will be happy to have helped. AJ, it's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) And now on to the rest of the most important happenings this week in Bachelor Nation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. The Tyler Cameron merch train keeps rolling. Last week, the game's most successful IG player capped off his tidal wave of new himself-themed merch. (laughs) (laughs) With pre-release of his first book, You Deserve Better, What Life Has Taught Me About Love, Relationships, and Becoming Your Best Self. The Penguin Random House publication can be pre-ordered now for $26. American dollars. In many cases, ex-players have the help of a ghostwriter when penning their memoirs. No other writer is credited on the Cameron Tome, but... 
there almost certainly was one involved. Books from ex-players traditionally do very well. The last one released was Colton Underwood's 288-page personal examination of every football coach he's ever known. The the first time finding myself and looking for love on reality TV, which spent several weeks on the New York Times bestseller chart. We wish Cameron good luck on his journey into the literary world and hope that he doesn't get too intellectual to stop eating steak without his shirt on. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, God. It's always hilarious when somebody reads these back and you're just like, what, when did I even write this? It's like 2 a.m., just a fever dream, like Taylor Cameron, he put out a book. Da, 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 da. God, it always sounds so much more insane when someone reads it back to you than it does when you're writing the, it, but thank you. The memoirs that you have created for these people will glow forever in history, and I hope that one day <laughs> they can get their hands on what you have written about them, because if it was about me, I would have a golden threaded book on my mantle, <laughs> and I would read it to my grandchildren. <laughs> oh, God. Well, maybe one day. Uh so what do you think of this Tyler Cameron merch? Did you see his sweatshirts and stuff, by the way? The himself merch? Yes, I did. Um, you know, it's quite a move. Um, I find it to be... I just wish that Tyler Cameron, and of, of course, from a um, from a player standpoint, I think it's an incredible move of him and Matt to continue to uh, plug their future presidential campaign apparently together um (laughs) but i wish at this point that they would just leave each other alone and give each other space because i feel like we could bring a therapist in and say that they just need time alone i think tyler cameron needs to let matt james shine we need to get to know matt james because i don't know matt james i only know tyler cameron and i'm over it but also fascinated i know a little bit of matt james i think (laughs) you know we saw the the video of him smashing the cake in Tyler Cameron's dance. face and mm-hmm. shotgunning a beer. I kind of get Matt James, I think, and he does not strike me as somebody who uh, is truly looking for love. I think he's trying to get those I followers. I feel as if we may have a very reminiscent of um, Pilot Peter season coming up, except I do believe Pilot Peter was desperately looking for love um in an extreme way maybe love from many people uh in many different forms but i think that uh matt james seems like he might be wanting to have a good time and i think we might have a very wild season because of it i totally agree i think where pp was kind of at the whims of the producers and in some cases the players very easily manipulatable I don't think Matt James is like that. I think they have a similar desire for fame, but I think Matt James has a little more agency. I think he'll be yes. in control of this season a little more, and it may come off bad for him. It may make him 4TWR almost from the beginning. I'm curious. Curious to see how this all plays out. I Do you think that we'll have a season ending where no one is chosen? No. I believe for sure he'll choose someone and propose because I think he's going to want that year of Instagram growth. And maybe doesn't last a year. I don't know. Maybe he'll try to get back into... I can't see him coming back for Paradise, though. Once you're the crown, like, that's it. That's pretty much you're over. Brad Womack came back once as a crown again, but... And he did a lot of apologizing during that second season. 
Jesus. Yes, he certainly did. <laughs> Rightly so. Yes, every episode was an apology for his last season. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, the feature film adaptation of 2018's Broadway musical The Prom was released this week on Netflix, and one of Bachelor Nation's very own makes an appearance. Katie Morton posted a slideshow to her main Instagram grid this week, lauding the cast and crew and describing herself as having been blessed to be a part of the film. She thanks her agents and the director of the film, Ryan Murphy. This is a big-budget movie with A-list talent, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, Kerry Washington... A search for Katie Morton's credit on IMDb revealed nothing, though, so we can only assume she's one of many background dancers. But nonetheless, this is one more example of an ex-player making the move to mainstream media. We congratulate Katie Morton on this huge achievement, and we hope it's just the first of many more to come. I will admit that I um, saw Demi Not Lovato posting about this film and congratulating Katie Morton, and um, I'm embarrassed to admit that on my iPad, I, uh, you know, turned it that very nice a horizontal screen and watched the trailer 17 times zooming in on all the faces to see if I found Katie Morton which I didn't to my vast okay. disappointment I have a confession too I did the exact same thing <laughs> I literally watched that trailer probably 20 fucking times couldn't find her in it anywhere I'm freeze framing I'm pausing, just pausing I'm just God fucking oh. damn it. That's just zooming in. Like, what the fuck is wrong with us? I I don't know. My husband came in and he said, your daughter's crying. And I said, I have more important things to do. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> Nonetheless, congrats, Katie. We hope you, yes. you get another movie soon so we can zoom in on the fucking trailer a hundred times. I look forward to it. Well, ABC officially released the players' profiles for Matt James' upcoming season. It's the largest player pool we've seen to date at 32 and the most diverse by far. Uh, This comes as we are still knee-deep in the current season of The Bachelorette, which itself is groundbreaking for diversity in both casting and subject matter. Uh, Despite early skepticism at casting, Matt James as a possible knee-jerk, surface-level reaction to the BLM protests that ignited the national conversation about race in America earlier this year, it seems like the show might actually be turning a corner. The manner in which James and the rest of his cast will be presented remains to be seen, but so far, all signs are pointing to a more inclusive show as we move forward into what might actually be the next era of the Bachelor franchise. Shocking. Exciting. I know. I can't believe no. this conversation's even happening, but I, again, after what we saw in Bachelorette this season, I really believe this season of Bachelorette, by the way, historically is the most important that has ever been made Agreed. in terms of structurally, Claire breaking the game. Obviously, Dale Moss doing what he did. I mean, Jesus Christ, he made her fall in love with him over Instagram. If we're to believe the surface story, mm-hmm. even if we're not, even if they were communicating outside, that is still a huge fucking thing. And then we obviously have Tasha, Ivan, all of these things, the different conversations that we're having around race, mental illness, all of these things that we just have never, ever seen before on any version of this show. Bachelorette, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. It seems like they're willing to go there. And now I'm hoping that continues literally for the rest of the fucking franchise life because it's 
It just makes it so much better. It makes it an actual reflection of what's happening in America instead of this like surface lie that everything's okay. I think the beauty of the horror that has been 2020 is that a show like The Bachelor that has been so the way it has been for the entire eternity of the show until this year when we're actually having important conversations, diverse conversations, inclusive conversations, they're able to see an audience's reaction when an audience, many are at home hurting and you can have these incredible conversations that never would have been able to be had before. And even the response numbers wise, I mean, granted, it's not necessarily the highest ranked season, you know, but the numbers have been doing decently well the whole time. And like you were saying, all other network numbers are crashing and burning. So the fact that this is still maintaining has, you know, there's something to be said when all other television shows and series are not doing well. And even professional sports aren't doing well right now. Yeah, it still comparatively is like, in quotes, a hit show. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where this break point is, but basically how TV ads work for anyone who's curious is you have a rating. You say this many million people watch our show every week. It hits this many people in the key demographic, 18 to 49-year-old people, basically. Based on those numbers, you charge a rate for advertisers to air their shit during your show. That money goes straight to ABC. That's how they make their money. Warner Brothers produces The Bachelor, so they actually own the content. So when you see it streaming on Hulu or whatever, Warner Brothers is getting that money and ads aren't a part of it unless Hulu is also putting fucking ads in it. But that doesn't have to do with ratings. That has to do with streaming numbers, how many eyeballs are actually on the stream. So as fewer and fewer people watch network television, I don't know anyone under the age of 30 who even ha- fucking has cable. Mm-hmm. Those numbers get smaller and smaller, and so it becomes harder and harder to charge the same ad rates, which means the bloated system of kind of bureaucrats at all the networks and studios that exist to make that advertising money, that has to start shrinking. And when those budgets get down small enough that there can't be a person who's making, you know, $100 million a year at the top of it all, it's just going to disappear. Hmm. And it'll have to go to streaming. And we're getting close to that. But even still, in these final days of network television, Bachelor and Bachelorette are extremely profitable. Well, I am very glad to now know that once I hit 50, I'm out of the key demographic. And I no longer matter as a human life. (laughs) I feel like I've been out of the key demographic since I was born. I don't even know if that's possible, but I certainly feel it to be true. I'll just say that. Speaking of the key demographic, we talk a lot on this show about the connections between The Bachelor and the NFL. Some people think this is a conspiracy theory or possibly coincidental, but this next piece of Bachelor Nation news leaves no doubt that there is a purposeful and indelible mutual relationship between the two biggest sports in America. Last Saturday, ESPN broadcast a college football game between Wake Forest and Louisville. For no obvious reason, one of the announcers breaks from football coverage to discuss The Bachelor, giving a brief history of Wake Forest players who have gone on to success in The Bachelor, notably Matt James and Tyler Cameron might have heard of them. They continue to discuss the possibility of current Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman becoming the next Bachelor. This is an important piece of history for our beloved game, and I'm going to play the audio from this moment for you now. We talk about taking quarterbacks, Roddy. Uh, interesting, we, we go back in time, 
But we also got to live in the world of reality television here, don't we? Look, Wes, uh, this is the most under-talked about story in the entire in the entire country. Tyler Cameron was Tyler C. on the last season of The Bachelorette. He was actually the runner-up, but his biggest contribution may be getting his best friend Matt James to audition for The Bachelorette. He's actually going to be the next Bachelor, the first black Bachelor in the history of the franchise. This is a pipeline, not from Wake Forest to the biggest franchise in the reality television. It's it's the thing that we need to be talking about the most. I, I mean, when you look at when you look at reality stars, Wake already has one on their team. Sam Hartman was on QB one. He's a good looking dude. Could he be the next Bachelor? This pipeline could continue. Us, I'm telling you, he could be the Bachelor one day. Wake Forest is produced, as I've said, two contestants already, and it may continue for the future. Only thing I can add to this conversation is down to Larissa in a moment for more on this apparently very hot topic involving Wake Forest football. Uh, second and ten, not much there. As you see, Wake Forest rallying the ball. Will Smart to stop, Larissa. Well, I had a conversation about uh, whether or not Sam Hartman should join this pipeline with a couple of fans today, and they agreed. They said he had the look, he has the hair, the beard, the poise. He could definitely add on to this and, and be a great candidate for the next Bachelor. Oh, boy. I mean, look, a lot of people say Tyler C., Tyler Cameron should have won, the former Wake Forest quarterback. Now, now you get an opportunity to see Matt James go through the whole thing as a receiver. I mean, Sam Hartman's had a better career at Wake than both of them. And it wasn't just a conversation. The broadcast went as far as putting up a prepared graphic of Cameron and James in their playing days. This was a planned conversation, complete with graphics that had to be made well in advance of the game's airing. And there's no surprise here that ESPN is owned by Disney, as is the network that broadcasts The Bachelor, ABC. Unbelievable. Game of Roses truly will have the last laugh on this because (laughs) (laughs) you are making me more and more a believer after listening to that clip. I'm sorry. (sighs) That one commentator who is not aware of what's happening is soon to be fired because his time is over if he does not know the current happenings. The condescension in his voice where he's like, I guess the Bachelor is some important thing I need to be listening to. It's like, dude, you're watching fucking football. It's the same shit. You know intricate details about how tall every one of the guys on the field is and where what their hometowns were and shit. It's, it's the same shit. You know how much they weigh. <laughs> exactly. And literally, it's the same shit because the guys that you're talking about are now the bachelors. Yes. The moment that he came in with that condescension, the clock began to tick on his career and an executive somewhere said, we need a replacement. Totally. Well, I mean, they're constructing these pieces, these little segments, that fucking graphic that they flash up in the middle of this. If you can catch the video of it, I'll try and post it to our Instagram or something. Uh... Uh, it's Matt James and Tyler Cameron. They had some graphics person make it, throw their names up there. They Even in the Dolphins game that happened two Saturdays ago, there is a specific cutaway yes. to Matt James and Tyler yes. Cameron sitting in a booth, and they put his fucking name up there, Matt James, The Bachelor. This is all pre-planned. It's cross-marketing between the NFL and The Bachelor. Yes. And now you're going to see on Matt James' this season, I guarantee you some NFL shit's going to go down. They're going to play a game of football at the very least. When I saw the clip and the graphic of Matt James and Tyler Cameron came up, I was 
physically shaking because the concept of how pre-planned this is I just imagine the person in the graphic arts department quickly putting this together maybe someone who actually is a fan of a show maybe a 25 year old girl who's surrounded by footballers and people talking about sports all the time and now all of a sudden we're having this crossover the excitement and I cannot wait to slam this in the face of everyone I know who has scoffed at my obsession with this show for years <laughs> and watched football and bet money on football and cared about football and brought gatherings together to eat and wouldn't come to my bachelor parties. I cannot wait until this takes over. I can't either. It's one of my personal crusades is to get people who like sports to understand the bachelor is a fucking sport. Agreed and agreed. Ugh. Well, last Wednesday, DLH himself appeared on Extra in a short interview with Rachel Lindsay about Matt James' upcoming season, and he revealed some interesting information. Here's a clip. What can you tell us about some of the women? Like, who are the ones who have made their presence known already? Well, obviously, I think a lot of people are talking about uh, the queen, uh, Queen Victoria. Look, she'll make her mark. Will people love her? We'll see. You know, she she definitely gets embroiled in royal controversy. There is one controversy in, in particular, and how it works its way into the show is stunning, and it is it is shocking, it is bizarre, and it's not just with women on night one. There's 32 women on night one. I can tell you this: that's not all the women that will be on this season. What? There will be more. Wait, 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 wait. Including a familiar face. Chris, this is, this, I, okay, I don't know anything about this. This is a big tease. So wait, are we getting more than one or just one woman is coming in the middle of the season? 32 will arrive on night one, but there will be more than that and more than just one more. Our beloved game has a rich history of players returning for second tours, starting with Mary Delgado, arguably the greatest player of all time, who first made it all the way to third place in season four and then returned to win the ring from bachelor Byron Velvick in season six. 32 players was already the biggest player PPOL in history, but sorry, it should be pool. That's a typo. Sorry, I was like, GOR lingo. I don't know what this one is, but I'm just gonna try to go for it. <laughs> 32 players was already the biggest player pool in history, but it seems like it's going to get even bigger. Who is this player or players that DLH is talking about? Is this a trick? Is it just going to be Hannah Brown coming in to wish him luck and boost the anxiety of the other players? What do you think? Do you have an idea? I think one of them will definitely be Hannah Brown. He mentions plural. Yes. I think there's going to be one that's a player and one that's just somebody who's brought back to ruffle the feathers. Who that player is, though, I don't fucking know. Do you have any ideas? No, no concept. No concept. I feel like it might be an outlier, a random character. I think the known the known person who will come in for absolutely will be Hannah Brown, and they'll make a whole shtick about Hannah Brown coming in to cheat on Tyler Cameron with her heart for Matt James, who she's loved the entire the entire time. No surprise, she uh, is just wishing him luck. But I think it might be an outlier. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could see Kendall Long maybe. For some reason, that seems right to me. Just got out of this thing with Grocery Store Joe. 
is probably like hungry for the IG bump. Yes, she did mention in her an Instagram lot or an Instagram questions uh, and ask me anything recently that she wasn't not dating that she was casually talking to someone I believe is that someone Matt James have they been DMing (laughs) I'm just casually talking to someone on a reality television show you never know yeah I don't know I don't know who it could be I'm very curious I don't think it's any of the big ones I don't think it's a Hannah Sluss I don't think it's a Madison Pruitt I think they're happy with their one point whatever million followers base and doing their YouTube videos and their TikToks and and I don't think that they would potentially waste their bachelor in paradise opportunity they don't want to garnish that tarnish yeah. garnish same thing I don't know it's something that I think about for probably two hours a day yes. who is this player <laughs> I guess we'll know soon enough uh, and rounding out Bachelor Nation news this week, congratulations go out to Emily Ferguson on her engagement. Emily was one half of the Ferguson twins who made a deep run as a duo on season 20 of The Bachelor until producers forced them into an unpleasant two-on-one in their hometown of Las Vegas. Then Bachelor Ben Higgins chose to eliminate her sister Haley in their mother's living room as she sat by and watched. Emily was eliminated three weeks later, but she has finally found love in her fiancé, William Carlson, an NHL hockey player for the Las Vegas Knights who has 98.9K Instagram followers. The couple posted matching pics of Carlson kissing Ferguson's forehead with captions that read, She said yes, and I said yes, respectively. We wish them well in their new life together, and we wish her sister Haley luck in her budding relationship, also with a hockey player named Ula Palve, who has 10.8K Instagram followers. I was just about to ask, is Haley also betrothed to William Carlson? Because I remember them coming in as a as a one unit, as a package. They did that on Bob Guinea's season as well. The first twins ever to appear in our beloved game came out as a package on his season, and they were dismissed on night one. What's uh? What's what are the producers thinking? You know, just one unit. <laughs> if I would have been Ben Higgins that season, I would have taken them to the finals and proposed a three-way relationship. I don't know how it didn't happen. I don't know how he the biggest missed opportunity, and you'd think that Ben would have known better. With his many I love yous, you'd think that he would have known better. Just a missed you opportunity. <laughs> By the way, anyone who may be listening that is a player or a lead, this is an experimental strategy that I think you should always use, twin or not. When it gets down to the final three, if you're one of the final two players, you should get with the other one and say, hey, we should go to him and propose a thruple. Mm-hmm. It would be historic, groundbreaking, and then it's on the lead. Yes. If the lead is like, no, I don't want to do that, it makes them look shitty. And then you can both walk and maybe you get a double bachelor at crown wow. the following season. I'm just wow. saying, experimental strategy. But that rounds out our Bachelor Nation news for this week. And now we move on, of course, to discuss all of the things that our players did off the field in the arenas of Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Gmail, not Gmail, <laughs> but <laughs> all the social media platforms. Twitch. <laughs> This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Becca Kufrin took to her IG stories to answer followers' questions this week, including 
When are you going to start dating? To which she answered, she will start dating when restaurants open again and when she can find a guy who is not offended by her keeping her last name. A not so subtle dig at her conservative ex. Garrett Y. She stays relevant. I'll give her that. Becca K is always relevant. She is doing a fantastic job. She was in that weird era where it was Instagram was locked in. People were doing that, but not quite where it is now. Mm -hmm. And she has managed to carve out, I think, a very nice position for herself as the co-host of Bachelor Happy Hour, obviously. But she's really doing it well in her parasocial game, pretty much on a continual basis. I think about her constantly when I think about a bachelorette coming back more so even than Hannah Brown I could see a Becca K round two not because it's necessarily what all the people would respond to but I think she would do a fantastic job as a bachelorette round two she also has the full story of her MAGA ex-boyfriend who apparently uh, will not let her keep her last name and she can have a cast full of men who are liberal and open-minded sure the bachelor (laughs) will do that sure and a newcomer on the scene this week in the parasocial arena chelsea vaughn a player on the upcoming historic 25th season of the bachelor took tiktok this week to make a short video to the tune of the popular megan the stallion song girls in the hood a reimagining of nwa's boys in the hood The video opens with Vaughn talking into an imaginary telephone saying, I can't talk right now. I'm doing hot girl shit, followed by a quick montage of her applying to The Bachelor and culminating with a clip from next season in which she intensely kisses the next Bachelor, Matt James. The TikTok has 48.3 thousand likes and is also posted to her Instagram reels. This is so far the strongest preseason parasocial play from any player on season 25. It seems like Vaughn knows what she's doing in the parasocial world, and we are very excited to see what she can do in-game come January. Very excited about her. And what would a week be without a parasocial play from the master Dale Moss? The IG champion of this season of The Bachelorette took to TikTok to ask fans who they thought his doppelganger was. Moss appeared in a beanie on his couch in a pure parasocial gaze to ask his fans who they think he looks the most like. A video follows of images of Yoda, Ismael Cruz Cordova, the Polar Express girl, Dr. Avery, The Snake and Jungle Book, and, of course, Leanne Rhymes. Moss asks his followers to drop a comment below. The post both embraces the meme culture that is evolving around Moss and his appearance, and also engages his fans, asking them to participate in the conversation. Moss also posted this video to his IG Reels, and that post has 22,000 likes and 3,000 comments. He's... A juggernaut. No one can stop this man. He knows how to use social media better than anyone. His consistent ability to mock himself is a 10 out of 10 for me. I agree. We've never seen anything like it. And I think ultimately he's going to hit a million. I truly do. And I think it's going to be through pure parasocial play. I don't even think he needs to come back on the show. Mm -hmm. I agree. No one that beautiful has ever taken the time to make fun of himself. And... To me, it's Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> you know what? I have given literally no thought to which of these characters or people he looks the most like, but 
I think it's Leanne Rhymes. I think you're right. I watched it quite a few times and really, really thought about it. <laughs> I land on Leanne. Oh, fuck. Uh... This week, Zach Clark had an impressive parasocial play with an image he posted to his main grid of himself standing next to Rhonda Jackson, the bank teller who called his father instead of the police when he tried to cash a forged check many years ago in service of his addiction. This was, of course, a major part of his five-part PTC this season, and in the caption of this post, Clark describes being lucky enough to track down Jackson so he could meet the woman he calls his angel. He tells the story of how she saved his life that day, and he goes on to give her prom dress design Instagram account some love. It's at house underscore of underscore divine underscore style for anybody who wants to check it out. This is a beautiful post. Raking in 58.8K likes and 649 comments, it's germane to his time in the game, and he's starting to roll posts like this out as we head into playoffs. His timing is impeccable here, and I still maintain he's the sleeping IG giant of this season. Well, Clues, these plays are all outstanding, but there was one play that deserves special attention. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Joe Park And it's a two-parter. Earlier this week, he released an incredibly important video on IGTV titled COVID Vaccine, What You Need to Know. The seven-minute and 25-second video features Park in a pure parasocial gaze directly addressing the audience in his nurse's outfit to lend medical credibility as he sits in front of a small bookshelf with a surfboard propped against it. In a friendly... (laughs) The details... In a friendly and comforting voice, Park walks the viewer through the basics of how an mRNA vaccine works, why it's effective, why everyone should get it, and he dispels myths about not only this vaccine, but vaccines in general. This video has 91k views and 613 comments. This alone would have gotten the parasocial play of the week, but he went even further yesterday by posting a series of videos to his IG stories chronicling the process by which he received the COVID vaccine. In a series of four short videos, we see him at the hospital where he works signing a release form, getting an injection from a nurse named Christine, sitting for 15 to 20 minutes post-injection to be monitored, and finally... We get a still image of sticker applied to his work badge that reads, I got my COVID-19 vaccine. We believe Park is the first player in Bachelor Nation history to receive this vaccine, and he is certainly the first to have posted about the experience on any form of social media at a time when Tyler Cameron and Matt James are posting videos of themselves packed into limos with a dozen maskless people on their way to an NFL game. It is refreshing to see work like this being done in Bachelor Nation by Joe Park. Mm. Hats off to you, Joe. And it's worth noting that we predicted one of the methods by which we would know who has been vaccinated. I believe clues. I recall you saying that last week, and I am full of full of chills and tremors right now. <laughs> we would know who would be vaccinated by an I voted style sticker. And this turned out to be 100% accurate. There you have it. Joe Park doing the best work this week. This was fucking fascinating. Unbelievable. I mean, this goes so above and beyond The Bachelor. This is the very first person. I've seen, obviously, photos of the sweet 90-year-old woman who was getting it. But to actually watch someone getting the vaccine, who I know from the show, via our parasocial relationship, incredible. 
it was fucking mind-blowing to me. I Same for me, by the way. I saw the British lady getting her vaccine in still photos. This is the first video I've seen of it. And the way he does it takes any of the fear out of it. We've built up in our minds getting this vaccine is a big thing. Are you going to get it? When are you going to get it? Blah, 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 blah. You just sit in a chair and they put a needle in your arm like for 10 seconds. That's it. And he walks us through that process that it's no big deal. This is so fucking important, Mm -hmm. this video he made. And on top of all of this, we now know that Joe Park will be giving us updates on how he's doing. So for myself, you know, I'm going to be checking in constantly because he's the only person I know who's gotten the COVID vaccine. And he's promising me that he's going to keep me updated with how the vaccine is going and if there's any side effects. Absolutely. He's got 47K followers. It's 47,000 people just watched a guy get the COVID vaccine. Not only is it good to watch what you're talking about to see the side effects and to see him progressing through this experience, but just to know that it's happening, to actually see it makes it so fucking real. And just in juxtaposition with what we were talking about, the Tyler Cameron videos and stuff, you're just like, fuck, those are the two ends of Bachelor Nation right now. The guy who has the most followers in Bachelor Nation history, wearing no mask, partying with Mm -hmm. limitless amounts of people at COVID parties, whatever. And then the guy who has 47,000 is doing the responsible thing and helping push Bachelor Nation into the next era where we should all be getting this vaccine, by the way. I am hoping for, um, I don't know if you have gotten into Love Island and started that disease, which is <laughs> not a, yet. a deep illness. And I recommend you don't because then your life will officially be over but um there is a doctor that appeared on love island numerous seasons ago and since that he has now gained millions and millions of followers and he is a regular on a talk show in the uk where he is it's a it's his doctor show and he has different guests on and they talk about medical things and he's almost like this new dr oz and i hope and pray that joe park might be that for us that maybe he can get a bachelor in paradise run which i believe he will because so many people loved him so much and that he might have his own talk show from this discussing different practices in medicine I would love that. I mean, you know, that happened to Travis Stork. Yes. Who was Bachelor season eight. He became the host of The Doctors, the reality show that was a panel of doctors discussing whatever. I always forget that he was on the show. Yeah, he was the crown. But Joe Park, hats off to you. I can't wait to continue watching your coverage of the vaccine as it's being rolled out Mm -hmm. and literally to watch anything you do at this point. Yes. And I am still quaking at the fact that you predicted that days ago. The sticker? Yes. And I can't wait to get mine. I think you're also going to get some kind of slightly more official thing, like a little card that you can present when you want to go to bars or restaurants, because there's going to have to be some way legally for places that want to open public business again to uh, be indemnified essentially against any kind of COVID outbreak. Of course. They're going to have to card you basically now. And it won't be a driver's license. It'll be fucking (laughs) your COVID license. Well, and I know that many places were talking about it being an option on your phone where it turns green. That's all happening. But Jess, you made it through. Thank you so much for doing this. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, it was so wondrous to be here. I'm so impressed by the amount of work that you and Pace Case put into this. I'm just honored, honored to have sat 
in her stead. <laughs> well, anytime. Please, everybody, if you don't already, go check out Chatty Broads. It's the best fucking Bachelor podcast going, in my opinion. Wow. It, it's, praise. of course, Jess and Becca Martinez, who was one of the greatest players that we've ever seen. And you better believe I have my fingers crossed because there have been rumblings that maybe we might have our first batch bachelorette or bachelor contestant who has a crossover into a real housewives dem i sure don't know we shall see <laughs> what is this i don't know anything about that well bronwyn real housewife of orange county after an episode a recent episode of chatty broads where we asked our listeners to message um this particular cast member in the real housewives of orange county about becca because becca has talked about wanting to get on the real housewives of orange county and our our uh, listeners messaged bronwyn enough that bronwyn contacted becca but not only that she went on her instagram stories and tagged becca and then tagged the casting director of the bravo franchise Oh my god. To put god. them in contact. So, we might have our first bachelor bachelorette crossover into Bravo, I believe. We'll see. You know, there's not this is very this is very beginning no, no deep conversations, nothing here to report, but Bronwyn did did uh is making that push, so we'll this see. This is how these things happen though. This is how I happens. understand what you're saying early phases, but that's astounding. Yes. Well, we wish both of you luck in that endeavor. I really, God, I hope that happens. That would be so fucking good. Yes. I will hope to reap the benefits of being her very intense friend that she brings into the Bachelor or to, into the um, Real Housewives episodes who throws a drink or um, smokes a cigarette inside and everyone gets very upset. <laughs> Or accuses someone of being an alien. Or accuses someone of being racist because it is Orange County. So <laughs> that it is. Uh, but thanks again, Jess. Seriously, this was a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to plug? Any any other place online people should go to check your stuff out? Um, just Chatty Broads. You can uh, get it on all podcast platforms. The YouTube. We also have uh, our YouTubes that come out uh, at Chatty Broads, and then my social is at the Bad Mom with Two Ds. Fantastic. Thank you again and have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> and now we have come to that time in the show when usually Pace Case and I would descend deep into the pit to scream into one another's face, but it's just me. So I'm going down there by myself. This is Screams from the Pit. Although I have descended into the pit by myself, I am now not alone. Shoya is here with me. Thank you so much for being here, Shoya. I just want to check in to make sure you were still kicking. I am indeed kicking. Shoya is a relationship coach from Relationship Hero. As you know, all this season of The Bachelorette, our screams from the pit are sponsored by Relationship Hero. If you're in any kind of a relationship, whether you just started dating, if you've been married to somebody for 10 years, even if you're not in a relationship, but you want to be in one, you can go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R right now, and you'll get $50 off your first session with one of their certified relationship coaches, just like Shoya is about to help me right now. So definitely go to Relationship Hero, check that out, and again, use the code relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R and you will get $50 off your first session. Thank you, Shoya, 
for being here. <laughs> I am present. You are welcome. <laughs> so this is going to be a solo scream. Pace Case is handling other gore business, and I'm here holding down the fort, running the ship. And as you know from last week, I said that I wanted to take this on as a challenge to produce four episodes this week. This is the fourth. This is the final mm. piece of recording that will be done right here in order to round out this full week of four episodes. Was it everything you wished for? And more. <laughs> <laughs> I would liken this experience to a vision quest. I have gone off on my own into the deep desert, just like all of our beautiful players have done this season on Bachelorette, going to La Quinta and Palm Springs. And I have returned from this journey with newfound information, with a new perspective, not only on myself and what I'm capable of, but on what this podcast could become. I have seen a vision of the future. It sounds like you went to one of them ayahuasca clinics. It feels like that. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely some time during this adventure in which I was full on hallucinating from lack of sleep (laughs) and staring into my computer screen. But, you know, these things can be good because they're enlightening in some way. They force you to be more introspective. And uh, because you're in kind of an altered state, it forces your mind to work in ways that might be more expansive than they would have otherwise. You're unconstrained by the normal structure of your way of thinking. And in doing this, I became very aware of the possibility of a version of our show that is every day, that is a five day a week, half hour show. I think it's possible. I see how to do it now because of this experience that I'm currently doing. And I know it would require a little more help. We would have to have at least, I think, two other people helping us do it. But I can see that version of it. I can see a version of it as a YouTube show as well. And this would be a kind of daily entertainment thing we put out. I don't know if we'll ever get there. I think we can, though. I mean, that's the crazy thing. That's truly my scream is doing more work made me realize there's more work to do. That's very interesting that, you know, you went into this and you decided that you wanted more, that it was not indeed enough. That's... That's that is interesting. (laughs) It made me see the final form of it. I mean, early on in the beginning of this process, this show was Lizzie and I sitting on my couch talking into a little handheld recorder for about half an hour. Almost no editing. Cut to we're a little more than a year away from that first show we did. And now we have multiple segments that we've carved out a weird lexicon of our own language basically to describe the game that we've come up with. We're writing a book. We're now making videos. We have a Patreon. It has expanded. And all of this, I think, has been experimental for me, as are any artistic endeavors. They're just kind of what I do to get to the next thing. And I see now the final version of this. And I don't think I would have seen it without the benefit of this week, without pushing myself to this limit of pumping out four hour plus long episodes. I can see that. And I think that is interesting that you mentioned that, you know, you're right about certain mental spaces, um, putting you in a place where you see things differently. So I think that it has the experience. It makes sense. The experience would kind of ask the question, Ooh, can we do, can we do a more sustainable right version of this? 
every single day. And I'm curious if you were to do that, how would the context of the show change? Would it still be the same? Would it have a different kind of thing? Like what would change about the show if you were to, because it has to, it's kind of like, you know, mass producing in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of keep that. In, did that thought process happen as well? Absolutely. It's a little bit about breaking down what we currently have into smaller segments. But essentially, we, we have it all. We have game coverage of when the episodes come out. Did you watch, by the way? Did you watch anything this past week? Let's go with no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, you missed some riveting television. But uh, we have... At this point, because there are two episodes per week, the reason that we had to do the extra episode was because we were covering both of those. So we essentially do game coverage. That's one component of this. Mm -hmm. We do news of everything that's happening within the Bachelor world, which includes birth announcements, marriages, engagements, <laughs> merch coming out. Right. And then we do parasocial coverage where we talk specifically about Instagram posts, TikTok videos, things that the players are doing in the parasocial world and who kind of had the biggest play that week or, or whatever. And then we obviously have Screams from the Pit, which you are very familiar with. And uh, we have a thing called State of the World at the beginning of our Friday show where we talk about some news event and link it to The Bachelor. I think all of these things, especially The Bachelor Nation news, could be parsed out in a daily format. So instead of saying all the Bachelor Nation news, we say on Friday of all the stuff that happened that week, what I learned in creating the document that we use to make this podcast, usually Lizzie and I are contributing to it kind of equally throughout the week. As I was just writing this one by myself this week, I was like, fuck, there's a lot of Bachelor Nation news. There's enough of this to do one or two little pieces every day for sure. I don't think that would ever end, especially with the parasocial plays as well. I think we could be doing a parasocial play of the day instead of the week. That is interesting because as you're talking, what I'm imagining, like the picture that's playing out in my head is somebody who's looking for the exit to the tunnel and instead they just find more of a black hole like the... <laughs> The, the pit just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And now, like, scientists are coming together and going, maybe, maybe this there is no exit to this. Maybe this is like some space-time continuum that just keeps expanding upon itself should you keep digging. Like... Yeah, maybe. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of also see it as an out, though. Like, I see the final form of this now, and there, it's always been scratching around in my head as kind of an ESPN-style 24-7 coverage of The Bachelor. That doesn't exist anywhere, and I think it can. And in doing these four episodes, I was essentially proven to be right in that hypothesis. This was more of an experiment than I thought, and I now have this conclusive proof that, yes, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week coverage of The Bachelor is possible, and I can see what that looks like because we're close to it now. We did four episodes this week. Uh, one was kind of a historical retrospective on the current Bachelorette's rookie season, which was Bachelor season 23 a few years ago, and then we had two game coverage episodes, and now this one, which is all the Bachelor Nation news, the screams from the pit, et cetera, et cetera. I think all of that can be broken down into 30-minute episodes every day, potentially even hour-long episodes every day, 
It would just require us to get somebody who can edit them, somebody who could edit the video of it. But ESPN does this with sports. They have a top 10 plays every day. Granted, they do it across all sports and there's a lot more media that they can dig through than what we have. But I think with the advent of social media and that parasocial world that now we're all glued to it. Anybody who watches The Bachelor follows at least one or two of these people on Instagram. In our case, we follow literally all of them and look at all their posts. But I think there's enough media to do it. And it is encouraging to me and exciting in a weird way, because I think once we can lock into that, I don't know how long it's going to take, but that is my goal now. I have a, in my mind, a firm goal of daily coverage of this. And once we get to that point, honestly, I think it's less work because once we're able to turn over the recording and the editing and some of the physical production of this to someone else, once we have enough money to hire someone, I think we get to actually step back a little and apply more of our creative processes to the these different segments. I like that idea. I'm, it's very interesting. It's that whole theme of the the only way out is through, and your deep dive into this pit of um, endless chaos, black hole, whatever space time continuum thing we got going on here, <laughs> but not just <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Um, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, and I see how like the the insanity actually produced something that was a little less insane because the idea within itself does sound more sustainable, not just for, again, you would, you would have to have like the back end crew, but not just for you guys, but for the audience as well, because a, like you said, even though I do not watch the bachelor, I am very aware that reality TV and the reality TV world kind of sinks with one another. Like I watch E news, if that makes sense. So it's sure. kind of like, we everybody keeps up with everybody and they're all kind of like this thing and then let's be honest like people today myself included what not us adhd crowd millennials who have very short attention spans 30 minute segments are way easier to digest or whatnot and then you have a targeted niche too so i see it kind of being like super successful oh now i've seen comedians do the same thing i think andrew i'm going to destroy his last name schultz or whatnot did this um, where he realized that like, nobody was watching his specials, but not because they were like hour, two hour long specials. So he would put out these tiny little clips on YouTube um, and realize that people would watch the YouTube clip. But what happened was you watch one clip and then you watch another and then you watch another. And before you know it, you're like watching two hours long. And that's how he kind of blew up. So, I mean, I, see, I think that you, it's very interesting that you raising the bar of your limits has created a new bar and maybe even a bar that Pace Case can find herself going, you know what, that doesn't cross my boundaries. Yeah. I mean, the end goal, I think it would be helpful for her in terms of lessening the workload. I know it sounds crazy to say if we did five episodes a week, it would be, it seems like it would be a bigger workload. But once we have people helping us with the physical production of it, that's really what takes the most time, at least for me. Once that's gone, I think we actually do, we do less work at least in terms of producing the material. We could still do much more creative work in terms of figuring out how to produce it, how to present it, other avenues that we can be pumping this out. But what you said about e-news is essentially the model of this. You're doing an e-news or an entertainment tonight or an extra, but it's all Bachelor. Right. I think it would work. And now it's just a matter of how do we get there? And it requires financial support. So, <laughs> you know, that's the next step of this, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was very interesting. And like I said, in the beginning, 
there were some moments, especially on those back-to-back nights where the show was airing, because we record this at like 11.30 to 12.31, and then I stayed up all night editing it until like five in the morning. That second episode was brutal. But there was something, especially about today, that forced me to lock into something that was super lucid. And the, the kind of joke of seeing if I can push myself faded away. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see what this is. I see what, what I've gotten out of this experience is a crystal clear vision of the final version of Game of Roses, what it ultimately will become. That is interesting. That is very and concerning. So what not I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Cut to next week. I'm like, I forced us to do five episodes and neither of us survived. You are talking to our ghosts. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a very nice conclus- conclusion to 2020. I don't think anybody would be surprised. I'd be like, you right. know what? That, that sounds right. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Shoya, once again for listening to my solo scream this week. It is always a pleasure to have you in the pit. And next week is going to be it. That's going to be your last journey into the pit with us. But we're looking forward to it. Yes. I mean, this has been interesting. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure, as always. (laughs) Well, Godspeed. Get some rest, if that's even possible. (laughs) I don't need it anymore. There is no sleep left for me. And there's the concerning (laughs) bit. (laughs) There we go. All right. Thanks, Joya. No problem. Thanks, as always, to Shoya for joining us in the pit from Relationship Hero. Again, go check out RelationshipHero.com slash G-O-R to get $50 off your first coaching session with one of their certified relationship coaches. And thank you to everybody who powered through this week with us. It was brutal, but beautiful. In some ways, I felt as though the suffering that the Dark Lord Harrison forces upon the players of our beloved game, he forced a little bit of it upon us this week, and we all got to feel what it was like as well. And thank you, as always, for sending me the tids. So many good tids this week. I don't even know what the tid of the week was. I'm getting a lot of tids about the JoJo Tings. The photo she posted to her IG account that shows her with a knife to glass. And I'll just say this. JoJo did a four-ting. I'm just going to leave that out there. Thanks go out to everyone who has joined us in the bottom of the pit on our Patreon, where we did, I think, one of our best episodes this week on Monday, in which we examined Tasha Adams' rookie season on season 23 of The Bachelor, which was Colton Underwood's season. We really got into how she developed her play strategy that season and how you even see echoes of it in her run with The Crown this season. We will be back next week with another two episodes of Gameplay, Monday and Tuesday, the big season finale and after the final rose. We're very anxious to see what happens. I personally believe Ben is going to make an appearance. I think he's coming back. I think this was staged a little bit. And I think he's a better player than we might have thought initially when we were saying that his turtling was an error. I truly think it might be a 3D chess move that he is pulling on the show and Bachelor Nation. And before we go, what is the Dwab at? It has been 6,000.
842 days without a black bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 